1: Welcome to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, inviting you to join the fight to end human trafficking.
2: Oh, give me eyes to see. Oh, give me strength to leave.
1: you give me all I
2: need. So give me courage to believe.
1: Each week, Abolition Radio sheds light on the darkness of modern slavery, celebrates the work of abolitionists who are fighting for freedom, and equips the church to engage in the work of justice with hope rooted in God's Word. Our goal is to see a radio audience become an army of gospel activists.
2: You're in the neighborhoods we You're in the ones we're passing by. You're in the ones we call our neighbors. And the ones who still the
1: now here's the host of abolition radio founder and executive director of love never fails Vanessa Russell
3: thanks Dave and welcome to abolition radio the broadcast outreach of love never fails uh, we are in the studio today with a wonderful leader in our community and actually she's new to our community we're going to learn more about her journey in just a second but before I introduce her I'd like to obviously bring on, welcome on, my partner in justice, Miss Benita Hopkins. Hello, everyone.
4: Yay. I'm glad to be here today.
3: Yeah, glad to have you and all of the listening audience. I hope you guys are enjoying this holiday season and not getting too busy. We're going to talk mm-hmm. about that too. Mm-hmm. Spending some time and prayer and just having the getting to your happy place. But before we get to that, <laughs> let's introduce our guests. Yes. Um, we have a powerful woman. Um, her name has a couple different meanings, so we were just going back back and forth laughing here. Her name is Robin Yeisman. But we were we were kind of playing with her name. And so it's Robin Shepherd. It's Robin. Jesus is man. It's (laughs) Robin uh, Yeesman. Was it? Yeesman. Yeesman. There you go. And um, and so a lot of different pronunciations here. But make no mistake about it. We have an amazing leader here that is a has been a youth worker for 17 years working for high risk children and young people in state schools local community groups and community service organizations. She actually comes to us from a pretty far far away land. <laughs> a far away land, the state of Australia, where she has been doing some transformative work in the um, residential arena. And that is what we're gonna be talking about today, housing. She has now moved to San Francisco. Hello somebody, yay for us. <laughs> and she is going to be taking on housing uh, for youth in particular, young people in particular in in the San Francisco Bay Area. We couldn't be happier to have you here. Thanks for coming.
2: Thanks for having me this morning.
3: Yeah. Isn't her accent cool? She, <laughs> later, we're going to talk about free things you can get by having an accent. But we're going <laughs> to.
2: <laughs> the Aussie effect. That's <laughs> <laughs> right.
3: I was actually watching. Okay, this is bad, but, you know, whatever. I was watching <clears throat> Dumb and Dumber uh, the other day. And um, I, there was a line that um, Jim Carrey said. He, he, you know, he leaned out of the window and he said, Where are you from? To this woman. I guess he was trying to pick her up. And she says, I'm from Austria. And he's like, oh, shrimp down, be, down below, <laughs> down, <laughs> down, under. down under. And she's just rolled her eyes and said, yeah, g- keep it moving, buddy. You yeah. know, it's like, Austria, Australia, Australia. Come on, let's get it together. Here. <laughs> anyway, tell us, how have you come uh, all this way in, to San Francisco? What, what is driving you to San Francisco? How did this all start 17 years ago? And why are youth so important to you?
2: I, I'll i start with this, the last question. Youth are so important to me because um, in the context of the work that I do, I see that it's preventative work. Mm-hmm. You, In the timeline of a person, youth is still quite young, yet they have dreams, they have visions, they have a story that's brought them thus far within particularly the 12 to 25 age group where they've started to develop a bit of a worldview and a bit of a perspective. They've got um, the skills and experience that they're starting to learn about when you, what I say you live with yourself. They're starting to figure out who am I in the world and who do I want to be? And so I see that as for young people that have had a history of trauma and abuse, it's a very special time to come alongside them and help shape them, help mould them, encourage them and More importantly, I see myself as a bit of a a cheer squad and journeying with them. Um, My personal upbringing had um, the odd struggle from time to time, but particularly in my teen years as well. And I don't think I really realised the impact of the youth workers that I had in my life Mm -hmm. journeying with me. And I think it's harder to be a a teenager these days than it is Mm -hmm. 25 years ago. And so if those people were impacting for me in a real strength, um, specifically in that village to raise a child, Mm. um, then what better way to do that than with young people? I kind of think that I fell into it, but I look back and God definitely orchestrated that too. And so why San Francisco? Well, five years ago I probably didn't even think about San Francisco, to be honest. Mm -hmm. It's definitely been... It's part of my story and part of my testimony that since I was 16, which is 20 years ago, and really I was a youth at that time as well, God gave me a picture and a vision for America. And at 16, when you get a picture like that, you usually don't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. Didn't make sense. And so three or four years later, that picture was still in my heart, and I actually prayed to God, this doesn't make sense. You bring it back when the time's right. And... So I just got about my business, and I started working in a high school, and started working with at-risk youth, um, particularly in homelessness and juvenile justice, and then ended up running a foster care program, and and most recently was um, set up a young women's project for women affected by commercial sexual exploitation, mm-hmm. and. But the tab- the overlay of the story that has happened when you, you think you're just doing a job that you love, you feel called to, but you start to realise God's got this tapestry going on. <laughs> and I like to use it like a pair of socks when you get that on the inside, all those threads, it's really, really messy, and you've got orange and yellow and red and all that. But when you fold the sock to be the way it's meant to, you see this beautiful picture, mm. and that is... You know, Vanessa's one thread, Robin's another, my friend in New York's another thread, friends and family in Australia. And and that's the tapestry of life that God weaves in together. So fast forward to four years ago, um, pretty much I was in my lounge room and God said it's time to dream again. And I described it like a Samuel experience mm. when it was like, yes, Lord, is that you, Lord? <laughs> and um my other picture is God just got out his remote control and pressed play and it was like it's time. the time is now let's let's get get on with this and I just knew I knew that its time to dream again meant it's time to give attention to this San Francisco, to this u s a thing reached out to some friends and um got on a plane and <laughs> said to my mum pretty much. I'm going to go on a vacation and have a great time and you'll never hear about this ever again or things will start falling into place. And San Francisco was my first city that I sat down on Mm. and there's so many details of of the story that um, are undeniable with the detail but within 24 hours of being here, I was walking down the street and I prayed out loud, Lord, I'll move here if this is where you want me to be. And San Francisco was a place I did not know one person. I was Mm. excited about having a week where the phone was not going to ring and I didn't know anybody Mm. and it was just going to be a pure vacation. And so that pretty much is the way that I got to that point of realising my ears got to hear Mm. And I my own words, and um my pretty much my spirit was responding to the atmosphere mm. so I've been on a journey ever since of working out how to if San Francisco is the place to be, how do I get here, who do I join, when does that happen, mm. why is it happening um and so I've Met some people and and I've got my visa and I'm able to be here long term now. And so I've been here for six weeks. Oh, wow! Ready to stay Just and ready to weeks. get to work.
3: Wow! <laughs> well, Fresh and, and and she's already got a job lined up mm-hmm. um, and and doing some pretty exciting work as well in in working with youth. Working over at uh, Old School Cafe, right? Mm-hmm. And what's your role there at Old School? I'm the youth development manager. That's so awesome. See, so we're, when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about uh, what you're doing today uh, and how that, how you think that sort of maps into this, this plan, this mm-hmm. tapestry, if you will. Uh, we're also going to talk about a little bit more about what you were doing in Australia um, from a housing standpoint, sure. and a very innovative model. You don't want to miss this. And thanks for listening to Abolition Radio.
1: We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking.
3: Yeah, welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We're just having a great time in the studio, kind of comparing pronunciations here.
1: Um, She's even funny. I just
3: learned that, say caramel, say it. Caramel. Caramel. <laughs> caramel. caramel. Caramel apple. <laughs> we, we, we've got to, you know, we've got to spend some time. You know, learning about each other's culture. You understand? This is how this is how we do things here at (laughs) Abolition Radio. So, okay, Um, we are going to dig now just a little bit into this model. But before we do, I just want to say I I had the opportunity to meet Robin uh, when I spoke at uh, Freedom Freedom. Summit. Was it something? I was at Expo. <laughs> uh, which one was it? It was Freedom Summit um, at um, Levi Stadium, uh, what, two years ago now. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And um, and Robin was there and um, I, we had a great conversation. I was just sharing with her that my daughter um, was very jealous when I took my son um, at the age of 16 to Australia. Um, with on a work trip and mm-hmm. she's made sure I know that when she's <laughs> 16 oh. she is coming with me and it's so funny because I spoke that to Robin on that day I said mm-hmm. um uh, okay, really great to meet you. This is great, all this work you're doing, but I want to I want you to understand <laughs> that in a few years I'm going to be coming and I need some help to, to have a place to stay. So in a way, she's kind of messing up my plans by coming here, you know. But that's okay. Well, God will work through that. He will. Yes. Because you know, mom he, he, is still there. That's, that's right. right. She'll be happy. <laughs> yes. We'll get mom. But 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 one but the funny thing, and when you talk about the tapestry of the Lord mm. and the way He works. In our lives, uh, when I met her face to face, we actually got together at the Stop Demand event that was held at Regina's door. Great job, Regina! It Yay. was awesome, and uh, we got together for a little bit there. And the Lord revealed to me that um, there's some very odd things about Robin that she she just obeys that you know, mm-hmm. in, in these strange ways, in ways that um, I have. Also been asked to obey these strange, mm-hmm. you know, far-reaching. How in the heck am I going to do this <laughs> kind of way? And um, and 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 that in that he has knit us together, mm. and so. Yeah. Uh, I when when he revealed that to me that evening, um, I said, I want to have you on the show so that you can talk about what you're doing, because I'm believing that that somebody is listening today that is going to be a key to the next step in your journey. Um, you're still early six weeks here. You're still early on. The vision is unfolding. Mm-hmm. But there's someone that's listening today that has a key for the next step that you're you know, Amazing. that you, you need to take. And so I'm so excited about what is happening. Happening here, uh, you know. I think a prophetic move of God, and um, and I'm and I'm 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 glad to be a part of it. So, tell us a little bit about what you were doing before you came over um, with the youth, in particular, um, and, and and providing them safe housing.
2: Well, the model of housing is called Lead tenent, Tenant, mm-hmm. and it's not my idea. Mm-hmm. It's an idea that I learned when I, I grew up in South Australia and I moved to the state of Victoria. And Victoria is very established and well-known for having this lead tenant model. And I realised I had probably been a lead tenant for free informally (laughs) with a friend (laughs) years before in South Australia and I remember ringing her up one day going, there's a thing. (laughs) It was called lead tenant and if you are one, you get help. (laughs) Um, But the idea is that um, people in the community live with other people in the community and in this example, at-risk youth, and it is a model that can applied very um, easily, in my opinion, to youth who are coming out of broken families, youth that might be involved with child protection, youth that are at risk of or coming out of juvenile facilities, and then I also would extend it as far as um, commercial sexual exploitation For males and females, um, the different ages from 16 to 21 is the age group that um, I think works most successfully. Um, It's in a transitional housing um, style and it's also uh, can work with – I don't think it works so well with families – but it can work with married couples, could live with a young person. So some people then think it's foster care, but it's not foster care. It's about empowering and developing the youth for independent living skills. Mm -hmm. A young person that's grown up or spent a lot of time in a group home could find it quite lonely. Um, So it's a matter of developing some sense of community and togetherness because you can sell it to a young person like, oh, it's more freedom. But when you've grown up with paid staff there every minute of the day, you then suddenly that doesn't feel fun Mm -hmm. to have your housemate slash lead tenant go to work and you're left alone in your own thoughts. So the concept is is that you don't have more than two young people living in one house. If you think about the parable of the lost sheep, mm. that to me has been a picture that's helpful um, in both Australia and America, where we're very good at putting 40 kids in one facility and get more bang for our mm-hmm. buck. And, mm-hmm. But the young people think they're in the too hard basket. And they think mm. that they have to, people will only live with me if they're paid to live with me. Mm. And I don't believe in the too hard basket. There cannot be a too hard basket, especially for children, mm-hmm. especially for people. And without any support, we need to do life together. Without any support, no one gets easier. We just mm. get harder. If we're mm-hmm. struggling. We need to do this life together. And so this model is about volunteers living with young people and saying, I choose you. Mm. I can, I'm going to work. I've got to, I've got to get to sleep tonight because I've got to go to work tomorrow and that's the role modelling that's happening. And then the young person is supported by a youth worker, but then the lead tenant is also supported by a youth worker. So in the initial sense, I would be doing the support for both. It's a bit of coaching for the lead tenant um, because they they don't need to be professional youth workers. They're just people with willing hearts that have done some training. We, we definitely need to get properly informed and be trauma informed so that they know how to do that. But the power is in community linking in with young people. Mm. And then the young person has had dignity offered to their mere existence Mm. of being here by Mm. someone saying, I'm here for free. Mm -hmm. I've got to go to work tomorrow, Mm -hmm. but I'm here for free. And I hope you let me help you get a job. Mm. Let's talk tonight. Let's have pizza. And so there's community um, togetherness that happens within the house and then the youth worker helps them link with their therapist, or they might want to get into a basketball team. Employment and education is definitely um, a vital part of that, too. As you can see, it kind of sounds like normal life. And right. That's the mm-hmm. whole point. Mm-hmm.
3: And, and d- does it have, does the lead tenant receive any f- uh, f- finance, any funding for hosting the youth in their home?
2: I Well, in Australia, the answer to that is no. Okay. The model that I've – this model, I don't know how we figure it out in the San Francisco context, mm-hmm. and that's I want to learn from locals. I want to learn from how is it going to work, what did work, what didn't work. Mm-hmm. But in Australia, the model that I ran was – um, government funding was provided and the properties were provided mm-hmm. but also I, that was some of the properties but then I would have properties that um, philanthropists would donate individuals church properties I know the same in Australia there are church properties that are empty mm-hmm. and this is local mission mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. is something that we mm-hmm. can make work where if we have homelessness is such a big issue right. we can actually it's, it needs to be responsibly done mm-hmm. but we can do that so in those contexts, a lead tenant might receive free rent. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's going to be sustainable and possible in San Francisco, um, but we'll figure out what it looks like here.
4: I was yeah. going to ask, you know, what was the, what's the difference between lead tenant and foster care, but I see it now. And this may be an answer to, remember, a couple of uh, Freedom Expos ago this type of, mod- we were looking for yeah. answers right. for the community particularly the church community mm. to come around
2: yeah.
4: this population and
2: and to answer that it's about a power imbalance and mm-hmm. it's about mm-hmm. foster care is a young, come into my home and if you break my rules or exactly. it doesn't work, right. see ya, right. whereas this is, there's still rules and the, you know guidelines and all that but there's a power of choice and an ownership and like the lead tenant is in the togetherness as much as the young person cool. Yeah. So love it. I, I have some questions about it. And
3: I think, it you know, I just love where it's going. There's a mm-hmm. love where it's going. So anyway, we'll come back. We are going to dig into this some more. And thanks for listening to Abolition Radio.
1: We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking.
3: Welcome mm-hmm. back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We're in the studio today with Robin Yeisman. Jeez. Sorry, I said Yeisman.
2: Yeah, that's my posh. It's coming that's out. That's my posh. My mom would be so proud.
3: Jeez man. Sorry. I'm such a lameo. Anyway, um I am so grateful to have her here in the studio um as I introduced her earlier, she's been doing youth work with youth for the last 17 years and now she's here in San Francisco for the last 6 weeks uh working uh on as a youth leader for Old School Cafe and dreaming about mm-hmm. this uh residential new residential model. For trans- transitional age youth, oh, actually down to sixteen on up to twenty-one somewhere in there, and we were just kind of chatting uh, during the break about some of the regulatory issues that will likely come up um, as you explore uh, this model in the sixteen to eighteen range. Just uh, you know, because of uh, especially when you're talking about CSAC and. Um, And, um, you know, certain uh, certain youth with maybe mental health issues Mm -hmm. and so on. I could see there being some some consternation about providing housing that is uh, with with well-meaning Um, supervisors or Mm -hmm. co-tenants or lead tenants. Mm -hmm. But um, there's a lot of challenges, as you know. And I think you and I, when we met, um, you know, at the Stop Demand event, we talked about the need for stabilization uh, leading up to coming Mm -hmm. into a house like that, you Mm -hmm. know. Uh, And so I wanted to just kind of chat a little bit with you about that, because I think that's an important thing to explore. You know, I've talked to many people that have thought about opening homes, for also for not just children, but for for women and men. And um, the challenge is stabilizing a person after they've been exploited. Mm. So, you know, thinking on that a bit uh, here we have and, you know, I know we're all familiar with this, but just for the listening audience, you know, here you have somebody who has been productized. Uh, and I don't think people stop and think about that, what it does to you mm. when you have been treated like a product. Mm. You've been told that your value is, as a person, is found in the service you provide, in the product that you provide, which could be sex, could be labor, whatever. But it, it's it, that's your value. You're measured. You're evaluated on your performance, on how much money you bring in, on the way you look. There's all these elements that go into that. And then you've used drugs as a means or alcohol as a means of coping with that Abuse that you've endured and you've likely got a trauma bond, you know, to not just um, I've seen it where the there's a bond with the exploiter, but there's a bond with the wifey with the bottom. There's a mm-hmm. bond with the with the other girls in the house. This uh, and, and mm-hmm. the attachment issues are s- pretty severe. Um, And so breaking some of those attachments are very challenging. And so if you take somebody and you say, hey, you can come and be in my house um, or, you know, there's going to be a lead tenant here and those behaviors are still present, um, there are some risk, inherent risk to the lead tenant. And so there, uh, you know, and I know you've thought through many of these scenarios, there would have to be criteria that you would use to evaluate people Mm. that were good candidates. Mm. We just, uh, we have a young lady in our home that is 18, uh, who's recently joined us, who would, would flourish under a model like that. Mm. Um, very, very close to having been exploited. And yet the mindset is, uh, is ready for independent Mm -hmm. living and not, um, not looking to go back to an exploitative relationship, Mm. um, with the right support systems in place. Right. Um, but then, you know, there are others that I've met that would just immediately, uh, if you... Put them in that situation straight off the street, they would be back with their exploiter the next day. So it's
2: like every model, um, some work, some don't. Yeah. It's like I often say to the youth, it's like trying to find a hairdresser. Yeah. you might not like the way they cut your hair, but it doesn't mean it's a bad hairdresser. You just need to find a different one. And right. Finding a therapist is the same, and then there's different models that we definitely need to be wise about who is – it's that readiness. And so mm-hmm. there's a assessment that will ha- would happen for a young person, but mm-hmm. there's an assessment that definitely happens for a, a lead tenant. Um, one of the key things is motivation. Mm-hmm. Are you in this for yourself to feel good, or are you in this for the young person? Mm-hmm. Um Hopefully you will end up – everyone's meant to try and end up smiling by the end of this experience, Mm -hmm. but um, if your motivation is for you to feel good um, or there's variations on that, you're going to get disappointed real fast because youth work is a thankless task most Uh. of the time. Um, Yeah. Yeah, big
4: time. But I think that's a great way of going about it to kind of be the vetting process. Yeah. You know, to – like in that situation that you – the example that you used of our our client, you know, who's a perfect candidate for that, a person who has become stabilized in some program, mm. you know, whether it's am House or not, and then become, you know, a lead – lead. Yeah. a person in yeah. the lead yeah. tenant program. And
2: every – like we get focused on the lead tenant that you might have two adults living with a young person. But there's a whole community of people. You talk about the attachment of other people in the house or all these different people, but um, those two lead tenants need heaps of support. They need respite. They need um, to be able to go out at night, all those sorts of things. Sometimes a young person might not really click with the lead tenant, But their best friend comes over every week and they get to know that young person. It's about adding as many positive adults into that young person's life as possible. Had they not been living with that lead tenant, they'd never have met that best friend. Or they might be someone that doesn't have the life capacity to live in with a young person, but um, wants to cook meals once a week or loves gardening and, and we watch this support come around that young person and there there could be a whole host of amazing relationships that transform. For sustainability's sake. Yes, definitely. Because you, yes, you want them stabilized,
4: but the ultimate goal is sustainability. Yeah. That, you know, they don't have to go back and repeat. Yes. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And, you know, one of the things there, I have a question. Are you envisioning that it would have a, a time frame? that they would be able to participate in that or is it just
2: like- the the core heart for me is I'm sick of seeing young people enter a program and the day that they enter where we've already got their exit plan ready mm. for them to sign and so six months later you're out right. who would settle in their heart mind body even unpacking your bags if you know that you've got to go in six months you stay in that heightened state and that state of crisis so for me it, it is a program and so I don't I'm not sure the length of time, but my anticipated time would be that it could be two to three years of living. So it's medium to long-term housing, not short-term. We've got enough crisis stuff going on. We need some people to go the distance with these young people. And it is a house of second, third, fourth and fifth chances where... You need to be able to have hard discussions, and that's what family does. Mm -hmm. You stuff up. Well, we all stuff up, but if you stuff up and get kicked out, you've ripped a Band-Aid off and you can never repair it within this current state within homelessness. So it's about you might need a break, but let's have a talk about did you stuff up and are you sorry about it, and do you want to come back and be able to look someone in the eye and apologise, or someone else might need to say sorry to you. Mm -hmm. So it is short... um, medium to long-term housing and it might mean I need to keep sourcing properties Mm -hmm. or it might mean that those properties are static and the young person moves to something more positive Mm -hmm. as well because it's so new I'm not sure but I'm excited to see what we need the first property to see how Mm -hmm. that goes first so before we go to break uh, am
3: I the only one who doesn't know what stuff up means what does that mean? Oh, uh, no.
2: Nah. We need to clarify a lot of these things. Stuff up, make a mistake. Um, maybe you've mucked. Oh, What do you say? Um, mess up? Mess up. Okay. Yeah. Stuff okay. up, mess up. That's, that's cool. Okay. Same, same, but different as
3: they say. So if I say that, I just want everybody to know that's me being Australian. I just want us don't stuff up, okay? And, and, and it could say just anything be me. To me. I'm not speaking for the whole of Australia. (laughs) But fortnightly
2: means two weeks. If I say fortnight... Ah. Fortnite. Ah. Fortnite.
4: Okay. I wasn't sure what you meant
3: by that either. I I
2: never (laughs) (laughs) never knew what Fortnite meant. Yeah. Americans love that one. I'm learning. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Very good. See, we're getting, we're getting like more than (laughs) we asked for here. Okay. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back and talk about uh, some more things that we'd like to see going on in the Bay area as it relates to CSEC and, Um, and homeless youth. So uh, thanks for listening to Abolition Radio.
1: We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking.
3: Welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, and uh, we are going to dig right on into some of the observations that Robin has uh, has uh, come across as she's been exploring San Francisco over the last uh, six weeks as a resident and uh, would love to get your take but before we do uh, dig into that I just wanted to share with our listening audience some exciting news about San Francisco so many of you know that I actually was raised in the city and uh, I was born in Pennsylvania but um, from the age of two on up I uh, was raised in San Francisco and went to um, public school there and, and uh, a variety of uh, art programs, School of the Arts Go Soda um, and uh, just love, love, love the city and So grateful for all the mentors, youth mentors that have uh, made a difference in my life. Mr. Glenn. uh, Hi, Mr. Glenn, one of my (laughs) teachers. Um, But so I wanted to just share that we now, Love Never Fails, has an office in San Francisco. Woo-hoo, woo-hoo. We've just opened up. We are at 275 Fifth Street on the second floor in San Francisco. And um, so, uh, you know, we, we just want to encourage those of you who are out there to connect with us. Um, let's continue to grow a network there that can support Robin in this work effort and other partners that we have. Uh, Sojourner Truth uh, out in uh uh, Sunnydale and a ver- variety of other agencies that we've uh we've part of a grant that we just uh uh secured with Ruby's Place uh involves Huckleberry House and some of the good work that they're doing there and we are just so grateful to have the connections in San Francisco and to see uh, all of the the work that 's being done to combat uh, sexual exploitation of children um, so along those lines csac um, and uh, and homelessness in in San Francisco have you seen much of that with your own eyes has you
2: know since you've since you 've come yes definitely it 's been undeniable from Short-term trips to living here, I think you start to see different patterns Mm -hmm. and observe things more deeply when you live here every day. Yeah. Um, And once you've got over jet lag and you start to form your own patterns in where you do life, um, it's undeniable. Mm
0: -hmm.
4: Yeah, Mm
2: -hmm. and, you know,
3: it's so interesting because it looks very different than it does in Oakland, for example. When we go and we do street outreach, um you know it it's when you're in Oakland it's it's the more sort of stereotypical exploitation that you might see on TV or in, in in a documentary whereas in San Francisco you might see a young lady or a young man that's walking back and forth in a t-shirt and some jeans and looking mm. at their phone mm. and seeming like mm. they're just uh, a you know a everyday person that's mm. going off to work mm-hmm. but the difference is that they ne- they never go anywhere they're yeah. staying in that general mm-hmm. area um, and looking into cars and some of the same behaviors, but the look is very different. So if you're not, if you don't know what you're looking for, yeah. mm-hmm. you won't know that it's happening.
2: Yeah. It's very, it looks in a vertical very similar to the sexual exploitation that was going on in Melbourne, oh, in really? Australia. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure, well, the context that I was in, in Melbourne mm-hmm. um, looks much similar to what you described in San Francisco. Mm.
3: Yeah, and so you know, I I share that so that those that are listening may be thinking, oh well, you know, we don't have a, a problem mm-hmm. here in San Francisco's because because mm-hmm. it may not appear to be a mm-hmm. problem, but it, it's very mm-hmm. prevalent. It's actually interesting. One year, and I can't remember the percentage right off the top of my head, but uh, one year, oh. oh Okay, now I I think I remember Um, one year uh, there was a report done on on the number of human trafficking cases in San Francisco and there were none reported. Mm -hmm. And the mayor then pulled together a um, task force Mm -hmm. and um, and they did a lot of fact finding with the different agencies. Mm -hmm. And I want to say they came back with over 200 reports that year. Just by knowing what to look for, mm-hmm. and um, by asking the right people, mm-hmm. right? And so we know that this is going on. Uh, we know that San Francisco is a place where people are coming in and out via, you know, you know, plane, train, mm-hmm. and automobile, um, and um, and so it's a hub uh, for trafficking and exploitation. Mm-hmm. And so, so what are some things that you think? Could make a difference uh, right there
2: in San Francisco if, if you if you had the ability. What are some things that you would like to see done? Well, I always say that social isolation is the biggest contributor to sexual exploitation. Mm. Mm. So anything of a socially inclusive nature is my number one. That's what I love: people, I love music, I love food, and mm-hmm. the thing I love about music and food is you don't actually need to speak the same language, whatever that language is. Mm-hmm. We all need to eat. We all love to have a good time and have fun. And sometimes we just don't need to talk. We need to just be together. But um, they're just, that's a little bit about me. But um, anything socially inclusive Mm -hmm. helps reduce the risk of exploitation, Mm -hmm. helps reduce the risk of recidivism in juvenile justice, and actually helps reduce the risk of homelessness as well. Now that is a really big challenge in our Western world when we're actually so busy we can hardly look each other in the eyes. Right. We're rushing wherever we've got to go. So it is countercultural to go slow. But we actually need to go slow Mm -hmm. to reduce the risks of all the things we're so worried about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm putting a lot of challenges out there for people. But I always say to my youth when you're trying to figure out what you want to do with your life, if you don't know what to do, do something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't care what that something is, but do something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And silence by not saying something or not doing something is usually supporting the thing we want to try and fix as well. So I don't care if you bake cookies and that's what you do. If you're an encourager, write notes, Mm -hmm. write letters, text message, call someone. It might be that um, for those stay-at-home mums, be a good mum. Mm -hmm. For the soccer coach, just be really good at that. So I think sometimes we see a big mountain of a problem and think now we've got to have this amazing idea to do that. But what is your gift? Am I... Your gift might be time, your gift might be singleness, your Mm. gift might be that you are a parent and you have a big family, that we all have something in front of us that we can steward and I Mm. think um, Satan doesn't have to work very hard if he gets us comparing and just looking a little bit to the left, but we need to lift our eyes and look to the Lord and we need to ask him to guide us in what our thing is that we might steward Mm -hmm. and how do we do that and then if it might be the very simple simple things of consistency that become quite profound um and i hope that that's helpful for someone no that's beautiful
3: Mm -hmm. and during this holiday season Um, We, you know, we need to make a concerted effort to do what you just said, just Mm -hmm. to notice Mm -hmm. what is going on around us, just to say hi, just to see people, just to just to be a loving uh, presence um, near someone can make all the difference. Mm -hmm. I did want to mention that there are some agencies and I I have every intention of connecting you with them uh, that are local there. Uh, Freedom House is Mm -hmm. one of the resources, local resources in the San Francisco area for housing for uh, women Um, also um, because Justice Matters Mm -hmm. provides um, Mm -hmm. uh, classes dance classes for young ladies and they do like a nail workshop as Mm. a street nail day on Mondays yeah Yeah. oh you've been there Uh, I've heard about it I haven't got there yet oh they do wonderful work and then um, San Francisco Cornerstone is actually um, they've placed us we're so honored Um, thank you guys for putting us in your catalog um, for the Spirit of Christmas um, catalog and these are just just little simple ways that you can actually contribute to love never fails. We're listed there. We've asked for help with bus passes and help with different things that um, that our survivors need. Um, but also, there's some other um, organizations listed there. Sunset Youth Services is a faith-based nonprofit that provides San Francisco youth with um, with support, and they're asking for a 7-Eleven gift card, ten dollars, a Target gift card, twenty-five dollars, and our barbecue fellowship open mic night for a Hundred dollars mm. with the youth, and so there are so many ways. Parenting classes they have here for some of the parents. So, I mean, it's not just about love never fails. It's about all these different agencies mm. reaching out to them, whoever you, whoever you know. And if you want to learn more about any any of the agencies that I've mentioned today, um, let me know. You know, just reach out to to myself or Benita, and and we'll connect you. And then, of course, um, supporting Robin with this vision that the mm-hmm. Lord has placed on her heart. Um, of course, support Old School Cafe because they're, they're awesome. They are great. And Come and have
2: dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy
3: some live music. They actually um, are connected to my husband's business, Renaissance Entrepreneurship mm. Center, and they've showcased some of their food there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I've, I've definitely eaten. Yeah. I, I like Never to leave
2: hungry from yeah. that
3: place. I've,
4: I've eaten off Wait, of their little table. Yeah, that's what I've learned today, that she's our people. yes oh, yeah. and food. Oh, yes. yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. We're going to get down. I'll Try. sing your
4: song later.
2: <laughs> and,
3: and so, anyway, it's just uh, just such a pleasure. And, I uh, again, if there's someone who's listening today that wants to just bless Robin with a house, we pray that you mm. would just go ahead on and, and just do it. Just do mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Now is the the time if the Lord moves on your heart just do it and let's watch and see what God does we'll be right back with another session of abolition radio
1: we'll be back with more abolition radio right after these messages from our sponsors welcome back to abolition radio where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking
3: I wanted to just thank you, Robin, for joining us. Mm-hmm. Thanks for such having me. It's such a pleasure, uh, and um, and uh, we hope to have you on again uh, very That'd soon and provide an update on what God has done. Yeah. Um, yes. So let's dig right on in to what's going on.
4: Wow. I, I, too, I agree with Vanessa. It's been a joy today to get to talk with okay. you and to meet you, and you're definitely one of our... people.
2: (laughs) Music (laughs) and food. And curly girl, curly
4: sister. (laughs) Yes, yes. 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 (laughs) Perfect, perfect. Well, um, soon we will be announcing uh, the opening of robin's home yes we're believing that 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 is gonna come about here pretty shortly but as the year comes to an end we just want to thank all of you for your support here at abolition radio and ask you in this time of um the holidays that you remember our our clients and those in need yes those around us but everyone and we um Definitely could use some help with, um, helping with, uh, gifts for our ladies and our clients, uh, whether bus passes or, or toys for their children or things of that nature. So we thank you for, for reaching out and you can uh, reach out to us on the web at our website at com. But we have a very exciting moment, um, on new year's Eve coming up, uh, With a New Year's Eve masquerade ball. And we are the beneficiaries of one of the beneficiaries of this event. And um, you can go and get all the details on our website, but it will be held at the Oakland Airport Hilton um, there in off 98th there in Oakland at from 630 to 1 a.m. And so all the ticket information is there on the website. And please go and support us in that venture. Also, if you back to that giving, if there if there's anything you can do for us, one of those things is join us in our one of a million campaign. We would love to have your support there. Um, The one in a million campaign runs like this for one dollar a month. You can be one of the million ways to help run our programs, whether it's our mentoring program or uh, somatic art classes or various things to run our ministry, we would love to have you. And you can do that by also going to our website um, under million and everything is there for you. And for $1 per month, you can give or if you do not have PayPal or do not want to use it, or whatever that service you can give, go to our Razoo site and give the $12 for the year there. But that would really tremendously help us in our support. Also, January 27th, going into the new year now. Uh, January, Friday, January 27th, the South Bay Coalition, whom we are members of, will be having their um, annual conference at the Mexican Heritage Plaza there on Allen Rock in San Jose. And we will be there all day and um, we'll be moderating, I will be moderating a panel on education and Uh, Vanessa and the the protect team will be there as part of the panel with the State Board of Education as well. So we would love to have you come out. The uh, Eventbrite just went live to register. So you can go to South Bay Coalition to End Human Trafficking website and register there for that conference. And we hope to see you there. Anything else, Vanessa? One other thing double portion our community store. What a great way to give back to, to our community. Um, we are re gifting our community with things that have been donated to us, whether clothes, whether toys, shoes, furniture, even this greatly helps our housing program. It is run by ladies um, from our home and those proceeds go to help their program. So stop by 22580 between 10 and 6, Monday through Friday, and find that great bargain that I'm sure you'll find there at Double Portion.
3: And that's two two five eight zero Grand Street, right? In mm-hmm. Hayward,
4: you just said two two five eight zero. Oh,
3: sorry, two two five eight zero Grand know Street. That by that's now. right. <laughs> just come on, quit playing and get down there, right? It <laughs> is you, in Hayward. <laughs> it's in Hayward on Eighth Street in Grand. Yes, yes, right around the corner from the BART station. It that's can be right. easier. Uh, we actually are going to be blessing um, some of the um, homeless men that attend the HEDCO program across the street mm. um, with coats. So oh, we're asking if you great. have. Coats, warm coats for the winter, um, or even hand warmers. Mm-hmm. If you would be so kind as to drop mm-hmm. those off to us, so we can bless the um, the the men across the street that are going for their um, art classes and their oh, support classes. Yeah, we're trying to uh, really create community there. And again, just going back to what Robin said, that's what it's all about. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all de- dealing with loneliness and uh, you know expectations mm-hmm. sometimes that haven't been met, and trauma mm-hmm. and abuse. Just add to that. And so how can we be the blessing that we want to see in the world? Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, okay. Well, thanks so much, ladies. It's been wonderful hanging out with you. We are going to, um, just sign off for, for a while. Uh, And uh, we just are going to be praying for you. We thank you for all that you do to uh, support Love Never Fails and those around you. And, of course, we want to make sure that if you haven't heard this recently, we want to make sure that you know that you are
1: loved. Thanks for joining us this week on Abolition Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and survival and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at abolitionradio.org, by liking and sharing our page on Facebook, Facebook slash Abolition Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. and click on Love Never Fails. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries and with major support from the staff and membership and donors at Faith Fellowship Church. Our theme song, Courage to Believe, is by Justin McRoberts. Hear more about his passion for justice and art at justinmcroberts.com. Our audio engineer is Jarrell Martin, and this is Dave Naderhood. On behalf of Vanessa, Benita, and the whole team at Love Never Fails, Thanks for listening and thanks even more for taking action to help set captives free.